Welcome to the Programmatic Digest, a podcast dedicated to review industry headlines and trends in the programmatic and digital ad tech world. I'm Ellen Parker, your host and Chief Programmatic Sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting, where we offer customizable training in programmatic media. This podcast has been sponsored by WorkReduce. If you want to reimagine how to work in advertising, check them out at workreduce.com forward slash careers. All right, everybody, welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast. We have a really bomb guest today. I'm very excited to talk to her because we met via Instagram because her content is just fire. It's fire on Instagram. Uh, we have the incomparable Christina Franciosi. I pronounced it right? <laughs> Franciosi. Yep. Okay, Franchiosi, y'all. Yeah, you know I'm good. I'm big with names, so Franchiosi. Um, so thank you so much, Christina, for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to speak with you. I love <laughs> your your account, your content, your good vibes. Like I really, really envy you the way that you put yourself out there. It's phenomenal and I love it. So I'm really happy to be here and speak with you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. I think I have a lot of inspiration in my life and you're definitely one of them. And that's why I'm so excited and hyped about today's conversation. Uh, but before we have you introduce yourself, um, I want to thank our sponsors, Work Reduce, for sponsoring this episode. And now back to Christina, we'd love to hear more from you about um how you got to where you are right now at Magnite and maybe talk about your journey when you started. But in today's conversation, though, we are going to focus on your journey, but also on audio. What is that? We hear digital audio out there and we don't know exactly what it is. Right now, CTV is very sexy. Should I say OTT? Um, But let's not sleep on audio. So Christina is here to tell us all about audio. But please introduce yourself for those who don't know you yet. (laughs) Thank you for the intro. So some people on Instagram know me as AdTechTina. Um, I started the account uh, about a year ago, but kind of have a renewed focus this year to really make sure that I'm paying attention to it and posting as as much as I can within reason, um, because I just got so enamored with the programmatic ad tech industry in general. Like in general, it is just wild, like such a bizarre ecosystem, so many different technologies, so many systems and so many different ad formats, like really, truly so complicated. But I just was in awe at like all of the capabilities and just the powerful like way that we can go about serving ads and it's amazing. I mean, it, I started right out of school at this small DSP data zoo, which was then a, acquired by Roku. And I started in a, a two-year-long rotational program, which I loved because I was able to see different departments within the org and understand like just running campaigns, understand the sales side, like how you're looking at a potential partners. Um, and then to like product marketing and then, uh, partnerships and that like relationship management. Um, and so the relationships that's what really got me going. And I felt 
fired up <laughs> by that rotation. And that led me to this role at Magnite as an account manager. So okay. now I speak, I speak with publishers and I help monetize their websites, make sure that they have the best setup as possible so that they're making as much money as possible. And also that, uh, you know, they're maintaining their user experience and uh, different like block lists are maintained and everything else, you know, and, and there's so many different integrations that they can have. And um, so it, it's really fun kind of like comparing integrations and what's what works for one publisher might be horrible for another publisher. So it really, <laughs> really varies. Um, but yeah, it's been an awesome, awesome journey so far. And I just feel lucky to love what I do every day. And I'm still learning every day. It's yeah. kind of hard not to in this industry. I mean, things change so quickly. Uh, just yeah. like, <laughs> it can be really hard to keep up. But yeah. yeah. You know, you you know. <laughs> I like I like what you said because yes, it is really, really hard to keep up sometimes. And I think that's one of the things that really gets like not pisses me off, but like it's really annoying because the technology is moves so fast, but the rest of us don't move as fast. And so we are constantly trying to catch up to the latest and greatest. And then we realize like, but we don't even understand why and where and what, right? So I think it's like, it's we're infamous for, for doing that. Like there's the latest thing about Google or whatever. But then we're like, okay, now that we know that, what are we going to do with this information? Like now that we know yeah. that clock is not going to be it, what are we going to do with topics, which seems to be really broad, how we're going to implement this. Um, but right. I want to get back to something you said about learning from your your environment and learning specifically like you the fact that first you you graduated college and started at day what is it data zoo is that how we say it yeah i always said data zoo data zoo okay data zoo okay it's i, I always said data zoo but honestly okay, it's whatever <laughs> data yeah. zoo for those who don't know data zoo is a dsp a demand side platform and um, I remember running a couple campaign in Data Zoo way back when, but I'm sure things have changed, but I, it was, it was yeah. very interesting. It's very, I didn't think way back when it was, an, it was as user-friendly as it is maybe now um, after talking mm -hmm. to people. So I'm like, okay, like we advance and that's a great thing, but we invent so much, so fast. So you said you, you, you started as an, as an account manager at Data Zoo? Um, I was just, I think they called it account associate Fantastic. and that was like, yep, bottom level, entry level. And I just remember the first day I started, we had like a sit down lesson of what is a pixel. And <laughs> that's just like how it all started. Funny. And I had no idea, of, like in the beginning. Um, I mean, I was an econ major and like I did some marketing classes, but you know, I had never heard of programmatic. Um, yeah, yeah. so yeah. So just like starting out with like, what's pixel. And I was like, I have no idea, but <laughs> let's figure this out. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean with like learning from day one, 
it can be so hard because I feel like I, as a learner, I love like analogies and it's really hard to have any sort of good analogy for ad tech. You, it's kind of incomparable in some ways. And I'm still like, I go back to the drawing board. I'm like, how can I just compare this to like a real life thing? Like some sort of actual physical object, but it's difficult. Um, and I think that we've said this before, how you can one day you, you feel like your knowledge is solidified in one aspect. And then the next day, the tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, maybe there was a new tech development you didn't realize, or maybe there was like a different integration you didn't realize about. And it's kind of like, how, how do you keep it all together? Um, wow. So that can be really tough. That's a great point because, um, so this is a shameless plug, y'all, but the course and I mean, the course, the, the reach and frequency course that launched in February and is launching every month. There's a new module until April, until all seven modules are alive. But the, the biggest reason why is because when I first started, just like you, um, so I graduated from college, was able to work for a marketing firm. And then I remember learning most of it on, on the job. And then I remember starting social media and I, and I hated it. And that's power to y'all in social media and paid Facebook out there. I didn't like, I didn't like it. And so I was laid off. Okay. I was laid off from that position <laughs> and then got to see this one job that, that was like a media buyer. That would be great. I'm going to do it. And so they ended up reaching out to me about another position, which was a programmatic media trader position. And that's how I started. So again, shout out to Gibro Cohen. Actually, he's on SpotX and Magnite team too. Uh, uh, he was, he's a really great friend of mine. He's been on the, uh, the podcast quite a few times. But like he, he betted on me. You know, he saw me. He interviewed me. He was like, I love your energy. I like how you're a fast learner. This is going to be really new for you. If you're down with it, I'm willing to train you. And I was like, all right, cool. At this point, I'm, I'm laid off. I need money. Like I was like two years after college graduate. And so long story short, I've learned everything that I know while working in the industry. And just like you, I, I, I was very frustrated about the amount of education accessible to us outside of your day to day. So can you tell us how, can you tell us, what you did or how did you continue learning outside of like your job requirements or your like your day-to-day -day job? Like what are some yeah. things that you've, you've been doing to, to make sure that, okay, even though this industry is moving really fast, like this is how much I, like this is what I'm doing to make sure I'm on, like I'm still on point. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, your managers, your team, they can only do so much. Yeah and give you so much of their time to help educate you. And so that can be really tough. And you don't want to be the person that needs to have their hand held every step of the way. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to be that person. Um, I definitely was in the beginning though. Like quite honestly, I, <laughs> I really was. Um, Hey though, like but, you, if you listen to uh, Christina right now, you're like, yo, I am this person. I think that's okay, especially when you first start, because your bosses and like your managers are gonna tell you, like, oh, you're the expert now. But ideally, like, if you stop learning, then you stop growing, and there's a serious, serious problem. So you're almost yeah. always going to feel like, do 
do I need more help? Like, <laughs> do I know enough? But ideally, you yeah. do know enough as long as you continue in your growth. So I just want to highlight that. Like, I've, there's a lot of us out there that think like, yo, I need help here and there. I don't know if I should ask for the help. But like asking for help doesn't mean that you don't know. And it's okay if somebody needs to hold your hand a little longer than others, because that's just your, that's just how you're learning. And it doesn't mean that you're learning less efficiently. You just need that. You just need a little right. bit more help. And that's cool. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's great. That's a great point. Yeah. I think there's just something to say on like the part of doing your own due diligence uh-huh. and, and like, you know, trying to like do as much research as you can. Um, now let's take a quick break to hear more about our sponsors. Our sponsor, WorkReduce, is the secret weapon used by the market's top agencies and brands. Their specialist talent and media services help brands and agencies grow and scale faster. One of the fastest growing services offered by WorkReduce is their service desk. It provides flexible, on-demand media buying, ad operation, and analytics support. Many of the world's biggest brand and agencies use WorkReduce in time zone service desk as an extension of their in-house media team. With an easily deployable operation playbook, process automation, and a high quality reputation, their service desks will provide the expertise and precision to take your digital operation to the next level in 2022. Covering ad trafficking, campaign setup, QA, optimization, and campaign analytics, your internal resource focus on the activities that count the most while WorkReduce Service Desk takes care of the rest. Check out WorkReduce.com for more information on their ad operations service desk and tell them Ellen sent you. Now back to the episode. And that's really where it started with me was like, I have a question that I I just want to like quickly slack and get it answered by someone quickly as possible. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, you got to like reel it back, try to think about it more, try to understand it more. Like, you know, is that the right question? Or um, is there a way that I can answer this on my own? And um, that's how it, that's how it started. And then it really like built where I, I just wanted to learn like everything. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be well-rounded. I want to have like the, uh, like at least a semblance of an understanding of as many aspects of this industry as I can. Um, so like first and foremost, I started with making as many meetings as possible with other people in my company okay. and just sitting down, having one-on-one time where I understood their background more. I was able to just ask questions like what their day-to-day looks like. And sometimes it would delve into like more technical things. And I'm I'm learning about like, I don't know, coding, but other times it just um, helped me to reach out to them later on when I, when I have a question, but it really helped to talk to other people that are in other roles and have like hearing them speak about the same things, but like in a different way and slowly, but surely like things can come together and and start clicking. Um, so I would say that that's just like the easiest thing that you can do. You just talk, talk to people and it can be inside 
your organization. It can be outside your organization. Um, like you mentioned how we're going to speak about audio a little bit more. And um, I've been learning about audio the past few months and it's been really exciting to learn about for me. And I've really enjoyed it, but it's been really confusing. And I've felt like, okay, here we go. Like yeah. starting, from, starting from the bottom again here, you know, it's just, <laughs> This different ad format. And um, I ended up having a meeting with a lovely woman from Media Creek. And um, from that meeting, that was like more talking business. And then I emailed her and I was like, hey, do you mind if we just kind of chat later and <laughs> and I can pick your brain? Um, and a lot of people are very happy to do that. And that's the case with her and um so having like more insight even from someone from another company it was really great so it's really it's really helped me um and then there's other you know if you're not if you're not up to talk to a bunch of people which i get it it can be a lot and tiring um i've also tried other avenues like certifications like the iab i did the digital media sales course and they have other courses. Um, and then like, I think the trade desk has a course that I've been yeah. eyeing and that I'm going to, going to try to do oh, soon. The, the trade uh, desk course is really good. I think it's still free at this time, I think. Um, but they always have free courses and actually they inspired, um, me to do the course and some of the information I am I'm referring to, like when we explain the programmatic ecosystem or the, I go into the life of an mm -hmm. ad impression, like what it means. Like most people see the ad, but they don't understand what's required. Like in the back end, everything that's happening. Yeah. So the trade desk walks you, walks you through that process. And so I, I, because I understood it that way, I refer to their, the way they did it and give them all the credit. Of oh, course. that's awesome. Um, but I always say like, yeah, you should not stop at one. Like you have to continue learning. And, um, the truth, and then it, honestly, like every single DSPs out there have some level of course or training or classes. And those are all great. My only issue with that and what, why I did the course, um, was the fact that you could only get that knowledge through them if you knew that. Oh, I can start with the trade desk, you know. <laughs> but for yeah. most of us that have no idea what's going on in the industry, like where do you start? And so, yeah. and so, it's it's super frustrating because like, like we just want to learn. We just want to learn and be great. Like, why are there so many? <laughs> why is yeah. it so complicated to know. learn? The more we learn, right. the better it is for this whole industry. Like, the more we learn, like more people are going to be knowledgeable. We're gonna we're kind of we're gonna change the way we express express ideas, how we strategize. We're gonna have a different level of conversation. You know, we're gonna be it's gonna be less barriers, like language barriers. Even yes, we all speak English, but we all know that this industry loves some buzzwords. So language barrier is still happening, even if English is your language and it's in English, y'all. But like the more knowledge out there, the more we empower people. Um, to one, be more confident about what they're doing, take more risk, have more results. Everybody's going to be happy. <laughs> yep. Nobody's listening and be like, okay, Ellen, 
need to need you to chill. It's not gonna be that easy. But yeah, I, I feel you. I feel your pain. Like, and, and that's one yeah. of the reasons I was looking forward to speaking to you because some of the content you've been posting about, I'm like, oh, I did not know that. And I've been working in this industry for eight plus years. Okay. Right. So I know exactly. my shit. I'm great at what I do. I know how to manage a campaign very well. Okay. But there's yeah, still, but it's impossible to know everything. Exactly. It, there's like, still moments truly. where I'm like, yo, that's right. That's what a pixel does. Oh, yeah, you know, but it doesn't mean but that yeah. I'm less of an expert because I don't know a few things. No, nobody's gonna come up to me and say that to me. And nobody should come up to you and say that to you too, <laughs> even with audio. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. And like uh, it's funny, like with the struggle of, of learning. I, I had never listened to podcasts before. I was not a podcast listener. I was like, how on earth do people just like pay attention to someone talking to them for so long? I'm just like, <laughs> how, why, what? Very good. And look at you now. <laughs> but now literally the only podcasts I listen to are about ad tech. And yeah. it's, it's <laughs> that's like the nerdiest thing about me. Like I listen to the big story at Exchanger, oh, like Exchange. Digest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because I've seen a couple more pop up. Like now I think the Trade Desk has their own podcast. Trade Desk has theirs. And then um, I really like the um, the e-marketers one behind the numbers with Marcus Johnson. Oh my, he's one of them who inspired me to start my podcast. I just love his energy. I was like, he can make me understand this stuff and still have fun. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The behind the numbers. I'll have to listen to that. As exchanges have two of them. Um, Digiday has one. I think it's called something about an ad, or is that an ad? Was that an ad or something like that? I don't know if it's still happening. I haven't hmm. listened to it in a while. Um, and then Basis has the unfiltered um, ad tech series. I think it's called. That one is really good from basis. Oh, cool. Yeah, basis. So there's like a, a handful of them, but yes, you're right. There's not a lot of like, like I, I want to say ad exchange and behind the numbers. Whenever I listen to them, I know I know what's happening and I have a good perspective of things. But unless you're in the industry and you've worked, like it's hard to follow some of the conversation. Like they had one yeah. about whenever they have anything about privacy and uh, anything related to law and regulation and how programmatic advertising is, is like, you know, this and that, I'm always like, what? I need to re-listen. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a funny point with like all of the law and regulation that has been going on. Like, I don't know. If it's just me, but I feel like we are like reading about it, like ad exchangers posting about it. They have the podcast and stuff, but like day to day, um, people aren't really talking about it as much as I would think. <laughs> I'm kind of like, shouldn't we, you know, have some sort of discussion about this? Like, shouldn't we have some opinion? Yeah. Um, people need to talk about it more. Yeah. And people need to talk in general more and like have the knowledge shares. It's just so beyond powerful. And like, I don't know if that's been lost with like remote work has been, you know, hard to have that, but like just set up like an hour long meeting every Friday with your team. Like just 
have have the time set aside and talk about what's going on. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you said an hour long with your theme on Friday because on Fridays I have the programmatic meetup, which is a community call. And that's probably why I just thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what we do. We talk about like latest trends. We talk about um the really focus was still like just like this podcast, it was sharing knowledge and highlighting diversity. And that's exactly what we do in the community. Like we talk about a specific, like we have a theme of the month and then we talk about topics around them. And then once a month we get a guest. Now I started that this year, but once a month we get a guest that grace the podcast that comes so that the community can have like a one-on-one time with them. Because I, I know I've listened to, even like with Ad Exchanger podcast or Behind the Numbers, I've listened to so many podcasts and I'm like, but what did they mean by this? Or ah, I wish I could ask this question, right? But it's the podcast, you just listen. Um, you could definitely engage with them, y'all. Like you can still reach out to every single one, including me and ask questions. You can definitely engage and shoot your shot because most of the time those those people have answered me. But um, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So the, the community get to ask those questions and have those one on one. Like we had Dr. Fu in January and like it was lit. We had we went a little bit over time because the community was like asking about what. But like, how do I, I understand fraud and I understand brain safety and viewability, but like, how am I going to implement this in my campaign? Or like, oh, I'm an account manager or I'm on the publisher side. Like, um, what can I do with the, the publishers that I'm managing to make sure that this is not happening? And he was literally like dropping games. And yeah, they were like, oh yeah, this is dope. Can we recorded it? And then they, they have access to that because it's all about learning, right? And, yeah. And I think the reason why it's not happening more. Some agency I've worked with, we did like lunch and learns and stuff, but then it never was consistent. Like it happened for the first six months. And then after that never happened for another two years. But I think that the biggest misconception about learning is that if we learn too much, like we're going to go somewhere else. Right. Um, And that's probably 95% true. But the reason why it's true is because our managers don't um, like our managers are not really continuing to give us the tools to feel like we should stay. If I'm learning mm-hmm. right now, it's because like there's like a blockage in what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. Like I probably asked for that promotion, which I have. And the, the manager was like, oh, we'll think about it. And then they're going to promote the other, the, the other guy, the other guy. Um, and then like you feel overwhelmed, you like underappreciated. And so you're like, I need to learn something new right now because like I need to make moves. But if when when an agency or a manager sees that their team is feeling underappreciated, overworked, there's things they can do that they don't need a VP's approval about. Like there's always something we can do, right? To be the servant leader, yeah. a, team, a team player needs. And so if teams are not happy and they're leaving after learning, is because they understand that they can get that somewhere else. But 95% of the time, we want to stay. I wanted to stay at every single one of those agencies. I wanted to. I did not want to leave. I was cool. I love the people. I sometimes like the managers. Most of the time, I like the managers. I like everybody. Like, I really wanted to stay. But I, but I grew faster than, than what the company wanted me to grow. They wanted to control how grow you, how fast you're growing. That's the big problem, right? Like, you can't control me. <laughs> You just can't. Oh. Um, and that's the sad part. Like I would have probably still worked at that very first agency that trained me in programmatic advertising for real. 
had they continued, like had they not laid me off um, and outsourced the whole department somewhere else, which they're, they're not it now because it, it didn't work. It was not a model that worked. Unfortunately, they had to close their doors. But like, had they not, like, sit, I would still be there. <laughs> I would have been the one person that worked for that company for 10 years, <laughs> which is not popular nowadays. You know what I mean? But it's not popular, but I don't want you to listen to this. Like if there's a listener right now or watching on YouTube, if you're in a toxic environment, then you got to go. You got to go really far. You got to go fast because if it's changing who you are, then it's just not worth it. So I don't encourage toxic environment. Yeah. That, that's, that's that could, no non-negotiable. And I don't care when I see somebody's resume and every, like the last six months, they had maybe two jobs. I don't even see it as a, as a, as a negative thing because I know that they know what they want and sometimes they just need to be heard. And we need, as like leaders, we need to, we need to hear our people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you can share. Matter of fact, if you don't mind, like share a situation where you really wanted to grow when you really wanted to do something, but your, your boss was just not hearing you. You know what I mean? And it forced you to look elsewhere and you got it elsewhere. Right. Have you been in this situation? I mean, I definitely, I feel that in like smaller ways where I experienced it, like, um, yeah, like when I was in my rotational program, they, they had their, their plan. It was set like every single rotation and I, they just wanted me to like go along (laughs) with it perfectly. And, um, it was tough when, I found a plate, like a rotation that I loved and I wanted to stay within it. And at first it was kind of like, they, they said that, oh yeah, you'll, you'll have like a spot wherever you want. And then, um, it was also hard because of like being acquired to make, make room for me to stay on that team. And ultimately it didn't happen, but then I found a similar role at Magnite. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like elated that it worked out that way because that- I, yeah, like I love, love Magnite. Like my team has been phenomenal. They're supportive. Like they don't make me feel dumb if I'm asking a ton of questions. And That's it's really just want. like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that healthy environment where you can just feel comfortable, you can thrive. Like that's that's amazing. And like we definitely try to help each other out. Um like I was I was pinging someone who I only share one account with him and I was like asking him a, a question about a different account and like he's happy to help and it like wasn't a big deal at all. And um so I feel so so lucky. Like I actually moved to New York City for this job. Oh nice. And I didn't want to move to New York City, <laughs> but but I loved this job. And I, that was like the biggest thing. I was like, yeah. I like really I need to give it a shot because this job is amazing. Yeah. And I want to keep keep working here with this team and everything. And I mean it's been phenomenal. Like I went out with my coworkers Saturday night. <laughs> Yay. And that's so, exactly it. Yeah. And that's how a culture is built. It's like, but it has to start. You have to listen to your people. And I always advocate this on the podcast, actually. 
but you have to give them a chance and you have to bet on them as much as they're betting on, you know, you on this job. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's a great um, segue into the next conversation about all learning about being um, the great segue into the next point with audio, how you got to where you are, how much you learned. Um, and so I do want us to, to hear more about that perspective, the point of view that you have. But before we get into the audio conversation, we're going to take a quick break to hear a little bit more about our sponsor. Okay, so I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to let you know about the Reach Frequency, which is a course you've has asked me for, okay? And I've spent a lot of time crafting every single lesson just for you. Why should you even consider? And then I'm already pretty aware of what's going on for my advertising. I love your podcast content. This is where I'm here. Cool. Great. But you may know somebody that really wants to learn about programmatic advertising and don't know where to start, right? Most likely you've received training via your current job or via a previous job, right? You work for an agency, you work for a partner or a vendor in the industry, and they provided uh, the, the training, right? Is that how you got here? Well, did you know that that's the, actually the only way to get training nowadays? Like if for any one of our friends in the digital marketing world, it's really hard for us to, for them to really learn anything if they don't know who, where, and, and, and really what to look for. So the Reach and Frequency course is geared for those people. It's going to take you from zero to 100, from fundamentals to how to run a successful programmatic media campaign, how to run a successful department if you wish to be a leader or lead a department in programmatic advertising. The Reach and Frequency course is for you. Okay, we talk about we talk about anything from fundamentals. We talk about anything from who are the key players in the industry. But the biggest thing is that I give you my recommendation, my feedback, my guides. I was a trader. I was a buyer for few for eight plus years, right? And I led teams. I led teams of buyers. So I'm really, really, really good when it comes to running a programmatic advertising strategy, implementing, executing, optimizing, and reporting on, and then selling some more. I'm really good at that. So yeah, you can probably get most of this training out there. Great. Don't only stop at with my course. Continue training because that's 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 what it's all about, right? But what you won't get anywhere else and you'll get with me is all of that experience I've been able to gather, you've been able to implement. Like this is an interactive course for you to learn anything you should know about programmatic advertising, whether you're already working in it or you're trying to work in the industry. So check out the Reach and Frequency course brought to you by me, your very own programmatic coach. I'm very grateful for this experience that I've gone through the last two years and I'm here to teach you everything that I know. Check out reachandfrequency.live, reachandfrequency.live, and now back to the episode. All right, now back to it. Let's talk about audio um, because I know you want to share a few things about your journey to learning audio and what that is and how I think it's an underrated strategy, but it shouldn't be just because CTV is sexy to some of us. So talk, talk to us about <laughs> why we should consider audio. What is, what, it is, what is audio now? Because we know what digital audio is. We know Spotify, blah, blah, blah. But what is that, what is it, what is that now and why we should include oh. that? Yeah. So super excited. Audio has just been 
it's been really exciting for me to learn about. Um, and first off, people just think Spotify and they think yep. music, I, um, podcasting. <laughs> yeah, which is totally normal. Um, but there is a lot more to it, which is awesome. And people don't even realize like there could be live news on a live sports game on and some audio publishers, they're able to simulcast that so that you can just stream the audio from the news or that game. And it's similar to like a, a live radio, but it's all like done programmatically, which is amazing. Um, the trouble that comes with audio right now is because it's an emerging format. Not everyone is with the standardized tech and spec. And, um, for instance, Magnite, uh, we supported audio through the video object, which okay. meant that it was technically classified as video, but audio would be flowing through and, and the mime type. Uh, would say like mp3 indicating that it's just this audio file or ogg or whatever file type <laughs> yeah. and and so it would be hard because um it, it's not obviously an audio format that would be flowing through yeah. and the audio object is new so that now it creates better signaling and DSPs know instantly, okay, this isn't a video uh, bid request. It's an audio bid request and I'm going to respond with an audio file. So I've been super excited because working on enabling the audio object, that's been a big project at Magnite recently. Okay. And we're opening up open market audio slowly but surely. and making sure that it's enabled um, well enough so that it's not going to like screw anything up, but we just kind of are doing like one DSP at a time. And um, it's really exciting because it's, it's this whole other revenue pathway of open market uh, mm -hmm. because previously everything was PMP. And yeah. that's, be that's because like of the whole workaround of the video object. Yeah. And there are specific, audio ad servers like AdSwiz and they have like a lot better capabilities and functionalities when it comes to audio because it's all based around audio. And so it can be tough when like I'm working at an omni-channel SSP and audio is not number one. So how do we, like, how do we, you know, keep our audio publishers happy? And yeah. <laughs> Right. Like, um, so I try to keep them happy and not just with my can do attitude, but like trying to hear what they need and relay that to product and try to get more support, like specific reporting fields for audio and yeah. making sure that we can actually signal things better and be able to tell what's happening and reporting. Um, but yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Um, and I'm just like, so happy to be in it. Like now I'm kind of becoming this point person for audio in Magnite. And, um, I've been helping out a lot of like the buyer side people because 
they're trying to go to their clients and and plan these omni-channel campaigns and strategies. And it's like, okay, like how does audio fit in? Like, what is that? How does it work? And you know, like what can we do here? So I'm really trying to like educate them and, and um, say like, yeah, well, we can do a deal that's just podcasts. We can do this deal that's smart speakers, for instance. Um, and it's, it's really fascinating, um, but it can be difficult where like for smart speakers, for instance, they pass a user agent and not always a device ID. And DSPs are always looking for device IDs and not necessarily a user agent. So it's hard because not everybody is on the same wavelength for audio yet, (laughs) which is frustrating, but also I'm just going to do what I can to make sure that everybody understands what everybody else is doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point because it goes back to, uh, I, and I always have this conversation is that programmatic advertising is definitely efficient, whether you're doing, you know, streaming audios or streaming videos, play, whatever you want to name it. But I think we're still struggling with that one universal language, right? Is there still a lot of fragmentation when it comes to audiences, when it comes to reporting and measurement. So you just mentioned how some are reporting, what was it, the audience ID, what was it, the agent ID instead of the device ID. And it's like, it's not one communication across. And so when you report and when you want to measure attribution across, and what I mean by that is when you're simply just measuring how you're performing. If, if things are doing great, yeah. where is doing great, where is not doing great. So it, it gets really hard to really um, bring in your your whole media, your whole strategy into one. And it's really hard to have one success metric to really identify if you're doing great or if you're not doing great. And when I say success metric, I'm talking about like, what is that one thing we're trying to accomplish? What is the goal? What is the objective? And sometimes an objective of selling cars is not really a metric, right? So like for selling cars, a KPI could be how many, uh, what is it, drive, um, take a drive or take a tour, the mission that is, or how long are people reading that article, not, not the article, I'm going for selling the car. So how long are people viewing that car product online or are they calling from that call, uh, from that page? Are they submitting, contact me more with this information from that page? So those are metrics that submission, we can, we can track the submission. It's called conversion and the conversion costs something. So sometimes a metric, a success metric would, would be how much do I want to spend for that person to submit and not so much the selling the cars because the more that person is interested into buying, right? They are submitting that form. They are calling that number. Then mm-hmm. there's uh, chances that they actually buy the car. So not being able to measure on the one language on the, uh, or measure one thing, it's, it's hard. It gets hard, but it's, that's where you yeah. need people like Christina, you need partnership, like um, you mentioned AdWords, AdWords, I'm just going to throw them in there. Because by building the partnership with your vendors and by having your experts on staff, like within that, that, that team that knows their shit, you're able to really make a decision like, okay, we may not be able to communicate under one language, but each of those channels should have one 
specific success metric. And this is what yeah. it looks like. And our objective is this. So all of those success metrics is to encourage that objective. So that's how you break it back, right? You break it out. That's why having a diverse chat, like diverse um, strategy, I'm going to say a diverse strategy is important because just like what Christina says, like you shouldn't sleep on those uh, those channels. Like it's going to keep growing and you need to tap in early so that you can grow with that channel. Like you got to tap in. So let me ask yeah. you about audio. Um, what would be like a myth that we you can like debunk right now for people? Like why you think audio is, um, I don't know, maybe it is not. And I'm just thinking it is. But what is one thing you want to demystify for our audience? Oh, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> what is one thing you just learned and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, I guess like one thing that um, a lot of people don't really like realize about audio is with podcasts specifically, there's uh, three different types. Okay. So, and in the bid request, it'll be passed in the delivery field and delivery equals one. That means that it's a streaming podcast. Two is that it's progressively downloaded. And then three is downloaded. So streaming is like you're on Spotify. You just decide, I want to listen to a podcast at this very moment. You click play. That's streaming. You're connected to the Wi-Fi, everything. Um, And then three, the very opposite of, so downloaded, you you want to listen to this podcast, maybe it'll be in three hours, or maybe it'll be in 24 hours when you're on a flight, you're in airplane mode, and you have it downloaded. So no connection to the internet. And that gets very wonky when it comes to uh, signaling an impression. Because basically, at the time of download, then you're going to count that as an impression and there's no promise that the user actually listens to the ad, which can yeah. get really tough. Yeah. So, and there's different like timeout windows that people have for the impressions. Um, like some DSPs I think have one hour and some have three hours. So if a user like, they they might not listen to that podcast ever and it's so hard to to quantify like what do you count as an impression and and so there's a lot of discrepancies there when it comes to impressions and there really is no solution for it right now and yeah that there's a lot of i think there's a lot of audio companies that want to solve for it because they recognize like podcasts are huge List, listenership is growing and no one can like negate that fact, but advertisers want to be able to say that that someone definitively listened to their ad. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it's just really tough um, in that aspect of like downloaded. So a lot of people don't actually fully realize that aspect of it. Um, and then I didn't quite say that delivery equals two with the progressive download. 
it's just a mix of, of both. Like you can be connected to the internet. It can be downloading as you're listening. Um, so it's, it's really honestly more like streaming. Um, but it's, it's like all this education involved. And, um, what's interesting is that a lot of buyers, I, from my experience, they don't seem to care that they're not being like listened to potentially with their ads. Like they can still buy a run of network and it's like, okay, it's fine. Like most people probably will listen to the podcasts that they download. Um, but it's, yeah, it's something that the industry needs to figure out. And there's, it's something that the industry needs to educate buyers more on. Um, but I think that overall the audio bet it's, it's worth it because it's like just as immersive as a CTV ad. If you're watching Hulu with ads and you're not going to bother getting up for this like minute and 30 second ad break, Uh you're like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And like, same thing with audio. Like you're still going to listen to the ad because it's, it's like short, you know, you're enjoying your podcast or whatever. Um, and it's like that special one-on-one connection with audio. That's something that is really worth the investment in. (laughs) So I think that it's slow growing maybe, but, um, there's there's more excitement about it. More DSPs are, uh, enabling audio support. And I, I think we're really starting to like really kick it into high gear. I think it's a great point because again, it goes back to measurement and like fragmentation with measurement. But for my podcast, I know that I'm averaging maybe 1500 downloads a month. Um, and I learned that downloads again, does not equal to listenership. Like you said, like people can download Mm. it and leave it on their phone and whether they're on Wi-Fi or not, and correct me if I'm wrong, but whether they're on Wi-Fi or not, they're able to listen to it because it's already downloaded. And I am actually with the media host that I'm using, which is Lipson, I don't get listening, uh, data. I don't know why. Maybe I need to upgrade, but I don't upgrade a lot right now. And since I'm self-funded, well, we're sponsored now, but like there's some investment yeah. that I still have to make. So I did invest in Chartable, which is uh, able to give me listenership numbers, like listen rate. But because uh, Chartable, I only have access. Well, I only plugged in my Spotify and iTunes data. It gives me a way lower when I compare downloads from iTunes and listens from from iTunes from those two different mm-hmm. sources then again it's not that's not how you always want to look at it but that's how, that's the best thing I can do when I compare the two sources from the same uh, medium iTunes about 90% of those people listened okay so that means that if five if 100 people uh that if I see 100 downloads in Lipson, mm-hmm. sometimes I see 85 listens or 90 listens in Chartable for that same period of time. Um, I think it's I think it's a great number, yeah. But I cannot confidently give that number out to sponsors yet. I mean, obviously, they heard it here. When they ask for it, I explain exactly how I just explained to you. Um, but it's yeah. hard to trust because it's from two sources. So I'm looking at a media host right now that's going to give me both. Um, but that's a larger investment. 
And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you're, 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 I have a whole team that helps me, but I'm still behind a strategy. I'm still behind the management. So maybe I need to, uh, to hire a product manager, a podcast manager that's going to take care of just that. Um, hey, I'll, I'll help you out. <laughs> you gonna help me, man? <laughs> You'll help me do that. I mean, it's, this is super great because I, I, I think it's really important that ha- to have conversation like what we just had. Like not only from the here, this is their journey. This is how you want to keep learning, but specifically in audio, this is what we're seeing right now. Um, even if there's, yeah. you know, somebody's gonna hear this and be like, okay, it's too much to figure out. I'm not gonna do it. Okay, cool. But the reality is that our industry is always advancing. There's always going to be that feeling. So what are you going to do? Are you going to take the risk and learn with the rest of us <laughs> and implement for your client? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to wait until there's something better? And at that time, it's going to be much more pricey. Or let's, let's be honest. Okay. And then also it's going to have other limitations that maybe you don't have now, but that will be developed because of how fast we are advancing. So definitely uh, partner. That's why I wanted to mention like uh, partners like Magnite can take off some of that entry level. I mean, that entry barrier stress, that entry barrier route. So partner with, with people that are already doing a really great. And Magnite, I think is doing a great job. So um, thank you for, for this conversation today. I do want to move into the closing segments and be respectful of your time. <laughs> but before we close, can you share one fun fact about yourself? Ooh, fun fact. Um, I guess I will share that. Oh my gosh, that I I still hold a a hundred meter hurdle record for my high school. So yeah, and I did. I think I still hold one long jump record as well. But ah, uh, yeah. Wait, is that swimming or is it track? Track, track, so track. hurdles, yep. And I never fell in a hurdle race, and I, I ran dozens and dozens of hurdle races, never fell. So that that's my like, that is you know, so name dope of a fun fact. And I hope it's on every single one of your resume, LinkedIn profile, <laughs> description. Be like, don't play me. I know my stuff, okay, and I can run. <laughs> Uh, yeah. what do you think, uh, we talked about training. We talked about learning, continuous learning. Uh, what is the latest book or audible you listen to a book that you read? What kind of, book, uh, what kind of book are you? About, anything. It doesn't um, have, you know, okay. It can be any, any genre. Of course. Yeah. What is the latest thing you read? So I'm actually reading, um, this book called the, I think it's called the house in the cerulean sea. And it's like a fantasy type genre. Um, but I am a part of a book club with a group of friends. And uh-huh. it's great because I'm not I'm not good at choosing books, but they're they're great. So whatever they say, I'm like, all right, I'll I'll read it. Um and it's it's such a phenomenal book. I, I love it. I'm almost done, so I highly recommend. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. We'll add all of this in our show notes. And, um, you have an Instagram. We talked about it briefly at the beginning, but if somebody needs, not somebody, everybody needs to follow her on Instagram. So what is your Instagram? How can it get in touch? If they have any follow-up questions, if they want to work with Magnite, if they want to just follow you and show you some love on Instagram or LinkedIn, like where should they find you? Yeah. Uh, it's at 
add tech Tina. It's so, literally add tech Tina, guys. Add tech. Add, add tech Tina. Heart. Yeah. When I thought of that name, I was like, there's no way I can't make an Instagram now because I'm like, <laughs> the name is way too catchy. I have to. <laughs> you should do a, a podcast about it or a blog about it. Like add tech Tina. Like you should. Because the content you <laughs> yeah. got to yeah, I'm I'm challenging you to take your content to the next level because we need it. We need um <laughs> like like knowledge, but also like content from people that are working, like doing the work, like the day-to-day work, like you and I. And I think you have so much to bring. And we're super, super thankful for um for having you on the podcast. So thank you so much for dropping by. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah.